0: The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast. Wear your shortcut to being informed. Our weekday podcast is brought to you by ComBank. ComBank's Next Chapter program provides services and support to help those impacted by financial abuse. It's part of their commitment to supporting the financial wellbeing of customers and communities. Good morning, I'm Claire Kimball. And I'm Larissa Moore. It's Monday the 27th of July. In your Squiz today, new tensions between Australia and China, our deadliest day in the pandemic, an expenses scandal in South Australia, and having a good cry. This is your squiz today another day, another escalation in the tensions between Australia and China. Australia has written to the United Nations formally rejecting China's claims to vital trade routes in the South China Sea. For those not familiar, Claire, firstly, tell us a bit about why the South China Sea is such a disputed region, and then we'll get into China's reaction to the statement.
1: Yeah, it's one of those occasions where a map would be really handy to be able to, (laughs) you know, put your finger along so you could show exactly where you're talking about. But it's a route that's really crucial for global trade, Uh, a big percentage of the world's shipping goes through that route. And it's very important that it's kept open uh, for that purpose. Also, it's a big fishing ground and it's thought to be quite rich with energy resources. It's an area that's been uh, under dispute for quite a long time. Vietnam, the Philippines, Malaysia, Brunei, Taiwan, all have claims to parts of that area. But China's claim really dominates and in recent weeks and months really since the coronavirus started they've really upped their efforts to secure a lot of that territory
0: and Australia's statement has come in light of this China has called the statement provocative and threatened more of our exports such as beef and wine they say Australia is blindly following the. US foreign Minister Maurice Payne and defense Minister Linda Reynolds are on their way to the. US now to meet their counterparts obviously plenty to talk talk about.
1: So Australia's statement on the weekend that it does believe that China's actions in the South China Sea are illegal is the first time we've really stated a position on that. The US had also stayed fairly neutral on that, also saying that it had to stay open as a trade route but wasn't really making much of a statement about the claims to it. But in recent weeks, it's also said it believes China's actions there to be illegal. So when it comes to actually this argy-bargy, between the US and China. It's in our region. And of course, what the parties here are saying, including Labor, that these sorts of things are in our national interest to make statements on. And also the question now is, what are we going to do about it?
0: It's a big geopolitical issue. If you do want a bit more of the background on the South China Sea, we have a Squiz Shortcuts episode on that. I'll pop that link in your episode notes. Let's get into a COVID-19 update now. Another terrible weekend in Victoria, Clare.
1: 459 new coronavirus cases there yesterday and 10 deaths, including a man in his 40s. It was Australia's deadliest day of the pandemic so far. Uh, also a bad day for new cases and deaths on Saturday. Premier Daniel Andrews has said that he's very concerned about where this is heading again, also really asking people to do the right thing and wear their masks when they leave their homes
0: couple of social media videos doing the rounds over the weekend about people refusing to wear their masks. New South Wales saw 29 new cases over the weekend but it's Victoria's numbers that have shut down the option of a travel bubble with our Kiwi neighbours happening this year. Also shut down a planned Black Lives Matter rally in Sydney on Tuesday with police winning an injunction from the New South Wales Supreme Court to ban it on health grounds though organisers do plan to appeal. Looking internationally, Claire, cases have passed the 16 million mark.
1: Yeah, and the world's racking up a million cases a week at the moment, which the World Health Organisation is very concerned about. Last week, 37 countries, including Australia, recorded record numbers of new cases.
0: Over to South Australia, and an unfolding expenses scandal has seen three state cabinet ministers as well as the state's legislative council president resign. What's been uncovered?
1: This was bubbling along last week, and on Thursday, the state's independent commissioner against corruption said that they would go over 10 years' worth of allowances of a particular allowance that is for regional politicians. They're eligible for a $234 a night allowance when they need to stay in the city. Uh, It seems that a number of MPs have claimed that allowance before it was actually incurred and that's against the rules. So three ministers went yesterday, including that president of the upper house and the premier there, Stephen Marshall, said that he's very disappointed, but he didn't think that there was anything deliberate behind their actions.
0: Labor leader Peter Malinaskis has said that the men were deliberate in their manipulation of the system. It's alleged that up to seven $20,000 in allowances were wrongly claimed back in the news is the Malaysian corruption case relating to the 1MDB fund. Investment bank Goldman Sachs has agreed to a $5.5 billion settlement with the Malaysian government over its role in the scandal. It's been a while, Claire, you might need to give us a bit of a refresher.
1: Yeah, any excuse to talk about 1MDB (laughs) and this scandal and and Malaysian politics, it's (laughs) it's a real interest of mine. But yeah, when we go back into recent history, the Prime Minister at the time, Najib Razak set up a fund where investors from overseas could put their money into it, and the government was then going to uh, invest in things like energy projects and tourism projects across the country. But as it came down to it, it seemed like this was a bit of a scam, and in fact, Najib is being taken through the courts at the moment, over pocketing funds from 1MDB. Uh, one of the things that has been hanging over it, though, is uh, what banks like. Goldman Sachs did to attract investment to that fund. The accusation is that they misled investors uh, when it came to that. So they've settled that case and criminal charges have been dropped.
0: I'll put a link to our Squiz Shortcuts episode to this in your episode notes. We'll finish up the news in a moment, but a quick message now from our podcast partner, ComBank. Financial abuse is a form of domestic and family violence that occurs when an abuser uses money as a means to control and gain power over others. It could involve being left with a debt after a relationship breakdown or a lack of access to funds to cover essential bills. Last week, ComBank announced their next chapter strategy, which will assist customers and communities impacted by financial abuse by focusing on providing care to those in need, as well as increasing public awareness of the issue. To find out more, head to combank.com.au forward slash next chapter. The Duke and Duchess of Sussex, aka Harry and Meghan, are back in the news, Claire. A new book on their exit from royal life is starting to make waves. It's called Finding Freedom, and it's by royal journalists Omid Scobie and Carolyn Durand.
1: And it's quite sympathetic towards them and really what went down in the lead-up to them departing the royal family earlier this year. Uh, It says that um, they had these tensions that were building that made them feel really like they weren't being protected and that they were on the outside. And then, of course, they took actions without consulting the Queen that really perpetuated the misery. The Sussexes have denied any involvement in that book. Uh, They say that the journos did it off their own own bat off their own investigations.
0: If you're a Royals fan, that book will be released in August. And if you're in need of a good cry, go ahead, says Science. It's good for us. (laughs)
1: Look, there's plenty to cry about, I guess, at the moment. It's really not the way you want to start the week, if you can possibly avoid it. But
0: Oh, Mondays, 2020, (laughs) what else do we need?
1: And I love these studies too that basically tell you what we all intrinsically (laughs) know. But yes, crying, it's a good emotional release, uh, this study says. So, you know, as you were.
0: If you need uh, the validation and the scientific research, I'll put a link to that in your episode notes. It's also in the Squid's Today email. Claire, what have you got for us as a subject line?
1: Well, it's got to go to that last story. No, and that's When I think of, um, <laughs> uh, of songs about crying, I usually go to Justin Timberlake's Cry Me a River. But uh, the alternative, of course, is Don't Cry For Me, Argentina. I prefer the goodies version, though, Don't Cry For Me, Margentina. <laughs> so I've gone for that one. Okay,
0: that's going to confuse quite a lot of people in the subject line, but, um, you know, you <laughs> do you, Claire? It's your thing. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all from us on this Monday. Have a good day. Try not to cry. We'll be back with you tomorrow. The Squiz is a free weekday email and podcast. where your shortcut to being informed. Sign up at thesquiz.com.au. A message now from our podcast partner, Hubble. You know what it's like. Your friend recommends a great film or TV show and you're excited to check it out, but suddenly realise you can't remember what she said it was. That's where Hubble, spelt H-U-B-B-L, comes in.